So you've been wanting to research companies, uh, but you don't necessarily have the time to do it yourself, or you don't know how to do it yourself. Um, in this series of videos, I'm going to be going step by step through my entire process from beginning to end on how I find companies, what I look for when I do my initial research on the companies. If they pass my initial research, how do I value and evaluate them after reading their financial statement? I will go step by step, including valuations when we get to that point in how to evaluate companies. My name is Jason Rivera and welcome to Value Investing Journey Case Studies. Hey, Jason here. In this video case study, we're continuing on with Australian company ASX Limited. ASXFY is the ticker, and it is the Australian stock exchange we're looking over. If you want to see the previous videos in this series, they are linked above or below if you want to see the specific other videos about this company which I think as of this recording there are five other videos about just this single company they those will be linked above or below as well um, well let's get right to it we're into the kind of third section of the uh, most recent financial or annual report here um, this is where we left off last time statute report financial statements um, Frankly, this there wasn't much here in all of these. I stopped at page, I think, 69, somewhere around here. Somewhere around here. Uh, frankly, there's not much in here, so this video will be shorter, but I will highlight everything of note to you. Um, I want the most recent 12 months numbers. So, frankly, most of this information while important I don't make note of um, I don't use it to value and evaluate the company other than kind of to get a historical look at the company other than that I read through here read through here make sure there's nothing that stands out of major note um, negatively and then kind of move on for, to be honest um, because I want the most recent information which will come in the quarterly reports and the uh, information on Morningstar. This is, I think they're, if I remember correctly, ended their fiscal year ends in, uh, or this is definitely from 2017. I can't remember when the fiscal year ended. Um, but this were, what, three quarters of the way through 2018 at this point. So frankly, a lot of this information doesn't really matter too much other than, again, kind of looking at the historical perspective. Uh, nothing up here of major note. I read these notes typically. Again, nothing major of note in any of this. Goods and services tax. I'm not as familiar with Australian um, rules and regulations when it comes to taxes, but I assume this is similar to the European version of the VAT. Um, any Aussies out there who can clarify this for me? That'd be great. Um, I'm assuming that's what it is. Again, not that either way, it's a tax they have to pay, so it's not a big deal either way. Same thing with the balance sheet. Not too much here. Look on all these places. See if there's anything majorly of note. 
there was not, um, other than this line here, amounts owing to participants. So to my understanding, because they are an exchange, they have to hold assets and liabilities on their balance sheet even though they aren't directly, even though they're a platform, they're just essentially a platform that other people use. They don't have any hard assets of their own other than, or the soft assets of their own other than their software, um, hard assets, I guess would probably be people um, and their equipment. So not too much there, but to my understanding of reading through the financials up to this point or up to the, um, when we get to page 69, is they have to hold assets and liabilities on their balance sheet in case of defaults by these kind of uh, third-party companies that list on the stock exchange. Um, so they can cover trades, so they can cover um, in, the fault, in the fault of a kind of bankruptcy or default of some kind. Again, that's to my understanding of this, at this point. Nothing majorly of note here anywhere retained earnings pretty much always want to see this rising um, retained earnings is the way I like to think of retained earnings is it's a savings account this is essentially the money the company has earned in sex in excess of its issued capital and um, that it can use to essentially reinvest in whatever they want to um, these numbers right here add up to this number where they should I didn't calculate this out but um, retained earnings you pretty much always want to see this rising um, again it's like a rainy day account savings account whatever you want to call it money they can essentially that they've earned profitability wise that they can use to reinvest in again whatever they want to either internally or ex externally okay this is just showing you kind of over time what's happened to retained earnings, issued capital, all these kind of things. And you'll note here, dividends paid come out of the retained earnings again. So this would be after paying this amount to shareholders of the company. This is what's left over as of what, June 2017. Pretty Easy to understand table. Again, nothing of major note here. Kind of same thing here. Nothing of major note here that caught my eye. And I'm just re kind of scanning over these things again, make sure I don't miss anything. But again, there wasn't much. This was kind of a drudgery, to be honest with you, going through this part of the financial statements. It always is because this is after the kind of introduction, so you know a little bit about the company. Um, they're just kind of rehashing numbers here. And again, I want the most recent numbers. So in the annual report, sometimes it's far away. If the annual report was more recent, I would have paid more attention to this, um, to be honest. But Or it would have been more important, to be honest. Um, but... In this case, being almost three quarters of the way through 2018, it doesn't have that much bearing. So while I read all of this, still it's not, I didn't take a ton of notes. I think I took maybe one or two pages of notes, which you'll have access to after this. Um, 
in this section is before the financial footnotes, which you'll see later, which I think, yeah, we're getting to right now. But even their footnotes are pretty boring and kind of just straightforward as well. Nothing of major note here. And again, they're talking about the different segments, how they recognize revenue. Um, and again, this is important, but after you get past kind of this point where you see how they recognize revenue, then it's pretty much just talk after that point, not important talk even most of the time. This talks about the different segments, what they earned. Again, they're just re, we've already gone over this a bunch of times. They're just restating it in different fashions. They're breaking out the revenue into all of their different um, business lines. And then down here, they get the expenses and they bring in EBITDA. So they're just kind of breaking it, everything down in a different way. Um, obviously, this number is important. This is the number I use for pretty much everything, EBIT. That number is important, but again, I want the most recent 12 months numbers. So this even isn't that important. Nothing caught my eye here. Dividends, they pay out 90% of their dividends. So they're structured similarly, similarly to a REIT here in the US. Um, capital management. Yeah, this is talking about the capital requirements um, of the company. And again, this is all pretty much straightforward stuff. I didn't see anything of major note, either positively or negatively in here. Ordinary share capital, treasury shares. Asset revaluation, earnings per share. Again, all straightforward stuff for the most part. And normally I would go over this more um, with my students, but that would take an enormous amount of time because I know I'm sure some of you have questions about things like reserves and dividend franking and treasury shares and all these kind of things. And yes, I'm these things are important, but once you kind of learn them, you know what to look for. And unless you something catches your eye in a negative way, they're frankly not important. Again, taxes, everybody has to pay taxes, so not important. In terms of what we're talking about here, nothing caught my eye here in a negative way. Talks about how they recognize deferred tax assets. Risk management. Uh, we are gonna do everything we can in our power to not do stupid stuff is essentially what this entire kind of section from here goes on. It talks about how they kind of account for risk, how they mitigate risks, these kind of things. Again, nothing here caught my eye. Um, this was interesting. This cash lodged was portion was interesting. Again, this kind of goes back to they have to have a certain amount of due to Australian regulations, uh, financial regulations. They have to have a certain amount of capital available in case of defaults. Um, 
to make sure everything is goes clear with the trades, all the underwriting, all the paperwork, all these kind of things. Nothing important really here. Again, this is talking about the kind of share, not the share capital, but the capital they have to have available in that subsidiary in case of an issue. Same thing here. This, the only thing of really interest here was this. Um, essentially, this is, again, the kind of money they have to have on hand, to my understanding, in case something goes wrong. Yeah, all the risks, this line, all the risk and rewards of ownership are retained by the counterparty to the agreement. So this is essentially, the, again, the capital they have to have on hand to cover their asses in case something goes wrong. Um, they don't have any liability other than what is kind of mentioned above and below. Financial risk, again, same thing we just went over, just a little bit differently presented. Interest rate risk, they don't have hardly any debt, if I remember serves me correctly, so that has pretty much no bearing on their stuff. Um, again, they are earning hardly anything because this had, they have to have this cash on hand short term. Sensitivity analysis, again, $0.7 million, Australian dollars change either way. Um, again, no really interest rate risk. Still going through that. Credit risk, not a big deal there. Um, this is a little bit of a big deal here because it tells you the kind of structure of their, um, of what kind of credit rating the companies that list on the Australian Stock Exchange have, or at least that they have to uh, have these reverse purchase agreements, stuff like that on. If they had a lot of stuff over here that would have been B's and C's, that might have been red flag, but it's all, all A's. Liquidity risk, again, they have to have a bunch of cash on hand, blah, 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 to cover their asses. Same thing, again, just presented differently again. Talking about the level of their financials, if they're essentially level one are publicly traded things or things that can be easily um, valued. Level two are harder to value. Level three are sometimes almost impossible to value. Some things like derivatives, I think, usually fall into level three. Blah, blah, blah. Talk about their investments. Not too much of note here either. Equity account investments again. They have a small. They have an investment in a smaller company that's another kind of brokerage type or exchange type 
receivables. They are a stock exchange, so they don't have that much receivables. Margin receivables, that's from uh, companies that pay them margin or brokers that pay them margin. Four point seven million pass due but not impaired in terms of what is that revenue? Trade receivables. Um, again, not a huge number, not a big deal. Tangible assets. This is somewhat important, um, but it's almost impossible to value things like software, trademarks, and customer lists, especially in this arena where you are literally the only or the major only stock exchange in Australia, you have a pretty much unimpeded competitive advantage. So they could literally put just about whatever number they wanted here, in my opinion. I mean, I'm sure the accountants and the lawyers and the regulators wouldn't want that, but that's what competitive advantages do for you. You can do more things than you could elsewise. Uh, property plan and equipment, again, stock exchange, nothing of major note here. Already talked about the margins payable above, which is the gigantic bulk here. Nothing of major note here. Talks about their subsidiaries. Um, I actually have never come across this term before, so that was interesting to me, but it essentially means that these companies do not have to report their financial earnings because they're subsidiaries of the bigger parent company, which is AGX. Balance sheet, again, for the subsidiaries. Related party transactions. This is typically important, but here, not really. Again, nothing of major note here. I look for major red flags in this section. Nothing here. This is where we stopped. So, frankly, a lot of boring stuff. Um, a lot of fi financial legalese, HR legalese, lawyer legalese, all that kind of BS. Uh, that frankly doesn't mean much for the overall evaluation. Again, yes, all of this information is important. Um, but again, I've been doing this for 11 years now, so I know what kind of the red flags to look for. I still, again, read line by line, but I know the red flags to look for and where to look for them. Um, and I didn't find any here that would be a great teaching moment. Other than I will share my notes with you like always, and this includes this part's notes, which there were some notes that I took. But the important one is where is it? Where was it? I talked about this in the Facebook group, um, both the Value Investing Journey Facebook group and the uh, value in exclusive Value Investing Journey Masterclass Facebook group. There was one line of text in here that was not necessarily different or stood out in a bad way. It's just ultra, whoa, not sure what's happening there. Ultra important to understand in the terms of how companies look, how to think like a business owner, what that line means. And I will actually bring it up for you here. So let me pause this real quick. So here it is. Here's the line I was talking about. I'll explain this. 
why this line caught my eye, why it was so important, um, why it's important for every financial you'll ever read, <clears throat> and what does it mean in real world sense. And I'll answer my uh, student's question in, uh, I think the video on Friday, that's releasing on Friday in the pre-training Friday um, series, I answer this uh, question in another video. Um, but that's pretty much the only thing that of major note that caught my eye in the whole financial statement. Um, again, I know this is probably more boring than the other ones, but I hope you learned something. And uh, make sure to watch the other videos in this series and subscribe and hit the bell um, so you're notified anytime I release a new video. And watch our other videos in this series where, I can, again, I think that's the fifth video on this specific company. And I think there were 11, 12, 13, somewhere on their total videos in this series. So make sure to watch those as well. Um, thanks for watching. I'll see you in the next video.